Language is the means by which we reason either rationally or irrationally and the means by which we communicate. It includes all words, collections of words such as sentences, gestures such as hand gestures, and even mathematics. If the meaning of words is their use, the necessary implication is that if a word is taken out of context, out of the context in which it is used, it does not mean anything. This implication applies to anything that can be considered a language. So what about private language? Words that supposedly have meanings understood only by the user, user such as, for example, one's sensations or so-called subjective experiences or a person's mental state. Since the meaning of words are their use, words only have meaning once you use them, at which point there is no such thing as private or subjective. The use is open or public to all observing. For example, the word pain. Commonly, individuals think and say only they truly know their pain. Upon examination, it appears this view is meaningless. People have pain, but if you talk about what you have, and thus must use the word pain publicly, or even if you use the word privately, simply talking to yourself, it makes no sense to say only you know your pain. The word pain in the language game of its use refers to socially observed acts such as screaming, grimacing, bleeding, and so forth. Pain is whatever makes someone, including me, squirm or groan to which society has applied the word pain. Once you talk about what you have using the word pain, even if you're only talking to yourself, it is by definition not something that only you know, but is something that everyone knows, or you could not use the word pain. A famous example used by Wittgenstein to contemplate this issue is called Wittgenstein's Beetle. Imagine everyone has a small box in which any contents of the box by agreement is called a beetle. However, no one is allowed to look in anyone else's box, only in their own, so no one knows what, if anything, is in the other boxes. Over time, people talk about what is in their boxes and in everyone else's boxes without actually looking into the boxes. And the word beetle comes to stand for whatever is in each person's box. The beetle is the same as the word mind, that is, uh, mind or consciousness. No one can know exactly what it is like to be another person or experience things from another person's perspective, that is, look in someone else's box. But it is generally assumed that the workings or contents of other people's mind or boxes are the same or similar to our own. However, it does not really matter what is in the box or whether everyone or anyone has a beetle, since there is no way of checking or comparing. But as long as everyone uses the word beetle to refer to whatever is in the box, everyone can communicate, get along, and understand each other without any difficulty. In a sense, the word beetle, if it is to have any sense or meaning, simply means the community agreed to use the word for whatever is in the box. Trying to create an existing, uh, an exa actually existing physical beetle or mind that is a reality separate from the agreed-upon word use is simply a waste of time. There is no need for it. Everyone gets along fine as long as the use of the word is clearly understood and maintained. For analytic philosophers, this is the purpose of philosophy, to assure that you are using words soundly, consistently, and logically. Thus, according to analytic philosophy, although we cannot know what it is like to be someone else, 
To say there must be a special mental entity called a mind or consciousness that makes our experiences private is wrong if the meaning of the words is their public usage. When we talk of having a mind or a beetle, we are using a term that we have learned through conversation and public discourse. The word we have learned can only ever mean whatever is in your box and should not therefore be used to refer to some entity or special mental substance since no one can know whether such a thing exists. Uh, we cannot see into other people's boxes. There may be something in the box or may not, but whatever it is or is not, we cannot use language to talk about it. Thus the expression, whatever one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent. Uh, I note this quotation is from an earlier work by Wittgenstein uh, called the uh, Tractatus Logical Philosophicus that in many ways was repudiated by the later work that we are discussing, which is called the Philosophical Investigations. Well, in many ways would be inaccurate, in some ways was repudiated. But this conclusion of uh, whereof one cannot speak, thereof one must be silent, applies to both works, both the early one and the later Philosophical Investigation. The obvious problem with this private language implication that it is not meaningful is as discussed in the truth or illusion episodes that you can play as many language games as you want but there's nothing more certain in your life than your own consciousness you exist therefore you think when you use words such as mind consciousness I or essentially any word referring to your self-conscious existence its meaning is not simply its use to what it refers you precedes our use Without I existing, there would be no use to give meaning to words. So what is the meaning of these set of words if it is not their use? By this set, I mean this set dealing with my existence, the fact that I know I exist. This problem is brought out by, brought out by another illustration used by Wittgenstein that he attempted to explain, but is never, was never able to do, to do so, the uh, duck-rabbit problem that I will discuss next. <laughs>